This episode of the PC Perspective Podcast is brought to you by WhisperSync for Voice, an Amazon and Audible innovation, allowing you to read on your tablet and when it's time to go, pick up where you left off by switching to audio and listening on your phone. Learn how at Amazon.com slash PCPer. Hey everybody, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 372 being recorded on October 21st, 2015. I'm Ryan Schrout. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Alan Malentano. I'm Sebastian Peake. And I totally almost jacked up that intro because I was thinking about all of the stuff that I just read in that ad open um, that you already heard. Everybody already heard, yeah. both in the live version and on the pre-recorded version and on the video version. So there's that. Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. Um, it has been another week. It is now October 21st, as I said before. Next week will be the 28th. Back to the Future Day was today. It was Back to the Future Day. I'm wearing my Back to the Future shirt. I'm close. No. That's close. I'm no, wearing my Back to the what Future is the, shirt. What is it? It looks like a DeLorean. It does no, it not. Doesn't. Yeah, it looks it does. like a Scirocco. Well, that's close to a DeLorean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing my Back to the Future shirt. It is of uh, Marty McPrime. It is a transformer of a DeLorean. All right. I got two compliments, separate compliments on my shirt today. Yeah, but then we watched a video of some weird guy wearing your exact shirt. And yeah. Kind of some. Hmm. yeah. Yeah. I have seen that one before, right? What is Yours is a DeLorean. Crashing into a TARDIS. Into a TARDIS, yeah. Hmm. Which is still a funny name, by the way. TARDIS? TARDIS. Yeah. So is DeLorean. It doesn't... It's just a guy's name. Yeah. But only one of them came, was a crack-fueled uh, drug dealer coming up with a that's, car. That's true. Okay. All right. I mean, it only. They both involved Britain. We saw a video today so. of a DeLorean True. that was an. What was it? It was a self driving electric, <laughs> electric DeLorean, DeLorean that did donuts. Yeah. That's kind of what its function was, apparently. Oh, okay. So it's like if you so wanted. automated Alan. If you wanted to design something to just ruin tires, <laughs> that's what you would do. Right? That's, that's pretty much it. Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, we do record live on Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. You can come watch us record the show, interact before and after, uh, see all the stuff that we cut out of it, because there's a lot that gets cut out. Right, right, Ken? Lots of minutes left on the cutting room floor. Yeah. All the good stuff we actually cut out so that only the live people get it. Uh, that's at pcper.com slash live. Uh, and if you need a reminder, you can go to pcper.com slash subscribe where you can find this page here that asks basically just for your name and email address. Uh, and um, we – no, no. Yeah, there we go. And uh, we'll send you an email an hour two hours before – uh, we actually get to uh, start the podcast, give you a little reminder, and say, hey, come on in and join us. Now, if you get back to my shot, we're suddenly missing a person. He left. He apparently thought I was going to talk about the subscribe page for minutes on end, but that's fine. I mean, fine. You, you don't do that every week or anything. No, no. I, I, yeah, for sure. He's uh, swapping hardware, and he'll be back in a little bit. We're going to talk about some stuff. Real quickly, we're going to go over uh, Maury's review of the MSI Z170A X-Power gaming titanium edition motherboard that's a lot of things to say the z170a x power gaming titanium edition why is it titanium edition because of this this is what the motherboard looks like titanium i don't know looks kind of grayish to me titanium i mean what do you guys i mean what is what do you guys think was i mean it's a nice look is it is it odd it's definitely unique but is I think, it good, unique, bad, unique? I, I think that's a better color to bounce different colored LEDs off of. Exactly. Yeah. Because if you have I pure white, a board. you know, like pure white really just looks like white with an LED hitting it Yeah. when you light it up. But a gray like that will just like become that color. Right? Okay. 
So yeah, it's a good idea. It's definitely, yeah. It definitely stands out from the crowd. Go ahead, Jeremy. I was just going to say that people like uh, more that like modding cases and especially so you can see the components. Like Al says, it's the perfect background for going crazy on. Yeah, it even makes the individual chips on the on the motherboard stand out, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So a nice black contrast. And, so it's yeah. it's a Z170 motherboard. It's a Skylake board. It's a high end board. There, uh, you can see some of the display outputs. You've got two HDMI outputs, Display Port. Uh, you've got six USB 3.0. I think two of those are USB 3.1. Uh, they're USB 3.1 Gen One, mm-hmm. which basically means nothing. Right, like they're still five. Um, is that still five gigabits I mean, it's, per second? Yeah, it's still five no. gigabits, but I think it can do the video stuff in theory. Okay, oh, all right. I don't know. Gigabit networking, courtesy of the killer Nick. Uh, I believe this. No, this one doesn't. This is not one of the ones that has wireless on it. Um, <coughs> uh, four PCI Express 3.0 by 16 slots, so it does support eight four four four. So you could, in theory, run. Um, quad quad GPU. Although I would bet. I mean, doesn't that not? Well, I guess it's 3.0 by four, which is still pretty quick. You can't do SLI. You can't do SLI. You can do Crossfire. You can't do SLI. You can only do SLI if you have uh, one of those bridge chips because it needs eight lanes. Whether or not it needs it or not, it just won't work without eight lanes. Without it, correct. Um, So. We'll go through a little bit. Here's the so the, those were those were um, promo pictures. This is the, these are the pictures Maury actually took. So here, to me, it's a slightly different shade of gray. Um, uh, I think the boards are the same, but the heat sinks look more white. Yeah, the heat sinks look yeah. more white. Um, yeah. And, uh, on the previous page, they kind of looked like they were the same color. Yeah, they did look like that, but were they're the same definitely color. not here. And you can see the back. Uh, I kind of it's kind of interesting to see the white on the back of the PCI Express and the dim slots. Hmm. as well now obviously that's not a big deal for what you're doing right you're not going to see the back of that stuff uh two of the four pci express slots have that uh retention mechanism that we saw i think it was a gigabyte motherboard yeah that had that last time um i, I think it adds to the look as well as to the function so that's that's always a plus um yeah even like the silk screening stands out quite a bit more on yeah. that on that background yeah, color, it just really which is, helps it. which is pretty nice you got audio boost 3 on here uh we've got support for um uh, m.2 towards the bottom of the uh, pcie slots there which is yeah, interesting that's good uh full full length support there uh you've got a lot of integrated buttons the oc button look hey look that dragon looks familiar the dragon, <laughs> the dragon looks It's almost like it's on the back of this laptop I'm oh, currently using. Yeah. Uh, enough SATA ports, but it's not like a deluge of it. Again, this is an A-class board, like Z170A, so it's it's not weighed down with a whole bunch of extra stuff, but it is going to be quite capable uh, and overclocking friendly. And, of course, we got to look here at the CPU cooler fit page on any Mori motherboard review uh, with our tan. Would you call this tan and mocha? No? Uh, it's, it's like a tan and brown, I think. Yeah. Like a maroon. Yeah, no, not really. Not have, brown. They have one with maroon. It's oh, dark black. brown and light brown is what I'm going to call it. Uh, shades of brown. Shades of brown coolers. Uh, Just as there are many shades of gray, there are also many <laughs> shades of brown. I don't know of any of the shades of gray, actually. So there's there's like at least 30 or 40 shades of gray, I think. Yeah, I don't know a few of them. I think the exact number is 37 okay. shades of gray. I've heard 50, but I think that's just like tabloid stuff. Yeah, yeah it's in all the stuff. They're exaggerating things. for effect. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah they made a sure. movie about it. Just, yeah. yeah. Uh, 
So there's some other accessories here. You get this OC dashboard that, that you can plug into, and it'll have add extra buttons, so they didn't have to put all these buttons on the main motherboard uh, motherboard PCB, which is nice uh, in terms of changing your base clock, changing your ratio, uh, doing the discharge button, right, which is always very important. Josh isn't here today, uh, but he would approve of a discharge button, I believe. Where does that go? Is that like a daughter board? Uh, yes. I, I, I think it was like in the top right-hand corner of the board. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. So it's a lot easier to get at than the ones at the bottom if you're screwing around. That's true. That's true. Uh, if you really need to discharge in a hurry. Lots of bundled applications, lots of bundled accessories. I want to see here what the UEFI is looking like here. I still, ooh, fancy. Dragon. Dragons on fire, if you will. Uh, That's usually a bad sign in your UEFI, though, isn't it? If things are on fire. That's yeah, a bad BIOS setting. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know. I think you can actually change it. I do like this, right? The board explorer that they implemented in here uh, that lets you kind of say what – this will show you what things are plugged into which ports, for example. So you can see what DIMMs he had populated. He had a processor in that one processor slot. Uh, and then uh, Sebastian knows all about the processor slots, right? Yeah, well, you can go by the manual. You can kind of <laughs> – Improvise there. I've seen several slots just looking at these photos that could take processors. That's true. That's true. We could maybe we they could. wouldn't work as fast, but you know, <coughs> every incremental I take a sixteen processor. Any any incremental improvements are are going to be welcome, right? Uh, so at the end of the day, I, I I think the style of this board actually is what differentiates it more than anything because there are plenty of Z one seventy boards out there. Um, on the high side of pricing at two ninety nine on Amazon with Prime shipping and on Newegg, same price two ninety nine. Um, it did get a gold award for Mori weakness CMOS battery placement. Why isn't it on the daughter wah, board? Why? Wah, wah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, check out the review. I know a lot of people now that Core i7 6700Ks and 6600Ks are available are, are more interested in these Skylake products. So if this style of motherboard, this very unique coloration and pattern uh, interests you, check that out and make sure you check out that full review over at PC Perspective, PCPro.com. It, it does look like we may have had a typo. It has Gen 2 ports. I think on the second page it says Gen 2, but on the first page it might say Gen 1. Oh, for the USB? But they they are Gen 2 ports. They are Gen 2 ports. Gen okay. 2 ports. Okay. All right. So you get full 10 gigabit per second. Yeah. Definitely get all the video capability. Well, no, gotcha. I, I was reading at the spec. I think that's separate from everything. Oh, it is. I, I think even USB 3.1 Gen 2 doesn't have to support that. It's an additional add-on, okay. as is the power stuff. Okay. Nice and easy. Well, uh, well understood, obviously, by those of us in charge <laughs> of uh, review websites, clearly. Uh, I'll move on to a couple of other things. Uh, this next story centers around this guy here. This is the new Valve Steam controller. And uh, this guy... The Valve Steam Link, right? So uh, we're going to really focus on this controller today. Uh, so I, I published a video. It's not not really an article exactly on this. There's a little stub page here that, that links to uh, our video that talks about it, uh, where I essentially walk through, oh, hey, look, the Peace Perspective podcast is live right now. Awesome. Who, who knew? Um, this has been one of those projects that's been in development for seemingly Years. like forever, Right. Yeah. And it's I, I changed. Think we got hands on with that controller two years ago at C, two and a half years ago at CES. Less than two, like almost three years, Ken. We're getting yeah. close to CES. Sure. Uh, <laughs> there was at one point where it had like two touchpads here, and then it had like this weird swipey touchpad in the middle. Yep. 
Um, they, they've kind of, and it didn't have any of these buttons, I don't think. I don't, I don't think, think it had so any, either. like, initially it was just, console yeah, buttons. Yeah, it was just, like, a couple of pads and um, some triggers. Let's fast forward here a little bit in this video to, uh, there we go, uh, where we take it apart. So the controller itself, it's, it's, it's light. Mm-hmm. It feels very different than anything else, right? It's not, it, it's not a, 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 like, the Shield controller was very clearly, like, mimicked after the Xbox controller, mm-hmm. uh, the Xbox 360 controller. This is not that. It's not a duplicate of the of the PS4. It's not a duplicate of the Xbox One. It's very no, it unique. It looks like a duplicate of like an old one. Maybe. I mean, it even even just like the curvature of the handle where it kind of recesses down. Most controllers yeah. come up. Remember when so Sega was a down. thing? I do. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it reminds me of when I see it. I haven't touched it, of course, but looking at it, I'm like. It kind of looks, looks like, like one of those old Sega ones. What was the Sega that had like the flat analog? circle thing in it like on I this I think side. it was the Genesis but I'm not Yeah, positive. it was like an it's the second controller for yeah. the Genesis I think. Oh yeah. You remember what I'm that talking was about? A long time I forget ago. what that was. Wow. I forget it had a name obviously yeah. but I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember what that. But was. this is this is unique in that it has two touch pads. This one on the right is is very unique. It has like this haptic feedback that you feel as yep. you move your finger it across like, it. It like ticks. Yeah. And and as you move it it kind of ticks in iterations and then yeah. uh it, it acts like it more or less emulates a trackball mm-hmm. right so as you sweep your finger if you sweep your finger across it the momentum goes through a little bit even after your thumb has left mm-hmm. the surface and the ticking winds down yeah. yes yeah. The, the, the ticking that the haptic feedback makes makes it sound like a trackball yeah yeah. Which is or, yeah 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 essentially um <laughs> the one on the left is actually if you hit the middle button to put it like turn it on the trackpad will activate and you can probably get some of that on the mic Maybe. Yeah, yeah, it it's, is kind of quiet. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, that sounds. Like it a sounds trackball. like um, we Ken and I decided it sounds like three G cellular interference. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, similar. Oh, it just turned off because it couldn't find a, a thing to sync oh. with. Um, also, it does make funny sounds. I think like this sound. It's just it, it's very like nineteen eighties Atari sounding yeah. to it. Yeah. Uh, and when it syncs, it makes sounds, and uh, it also makes sounds in terms of the button clicks, which is one thing I, I'm not a huge fan of. Yeah, I was able to tell you were playing something on that across the room. Like, like you so had the sound off. The touchpad is fine. The, this is fine. Yeah, but like if you some listen, of the, some of the buttons are just every button makes a different sound. Yeah, yeah. These are quiet. These are the analog triggers. There's two triggers in the back. Mm-hmm. Analog ones have you know some space, and then they click through it. But then these the new ones on the on the ins on the inside, like where you're pinky and ring finger are yeah um they have like paddles on them which is it's just which is actually really cool for like a racing game yeah um but if you listen yeah they're kind of loud yeah they have a click these have a click yeah uh, but, but it's a mechanical controller <laughs> well i mean i think they wanted some kind of feedback to the button to know that you actually have sure engaged it I, yeah not, i get it, it so I get it. It just not, makes it a little loud. It doesn't make the controller bad necessarily. It's just yeah. different. Yep. Right. Uh, and then they did kind of like so. Originally, you didn't have this analog thumbstick. And you didn't have this collection of four buttons: the A, B, X, Y kind of classic controller buttons. I think they just ran into too many instances where they had to have it. You had to have that to play a game. Um, the buttons are small. They're a little bit further in on the controller um, than you're used to, right? Because this big touchpad takes up so much of that space. Yep. Um, so a little bit. Because usually those More buttons are like uncomfortable to reach. Usually those buttons are where your thumb is yeah. on the right yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
and you know you still have to use them. So even like playing Bioshock, a game that's kind of built for a controller, but also built for mouse and keyboard, use this to use the touchpad to kind of move aim. Yeah, uh, you're using the thumbstick to strafe, and strafe, stuff? like move forward and back and left and right. Okay. Uh, but then you're using the buttons here to change weapons, reload, all that same type of thing. Hmm. Um, and then there's there's actually so many buttons on the thing, and maybe this shows my lack of doing a lot of console gaming recently but like in order to hold the controller comfortably i needed to have three fingers on this bottom side yep right i don't know if this is coming through in the video and which only leaves one finger up here but there's two buttons yeah so you really need to have two buttons up here two fingers and only two the... fingers on the back yeah so you don't have amazingly small hands i don't like, go ahead yeah. Ken. You're right if here. you think about an xbox or playstation controller you don't sit with two fingers up on the top do you mm, no, you're supposed to though uh, I've never met anyone who does. Yeah, maybe not. That's totally <laughs> well, wait, because the problem uh, is, yeah. like, with these two, it's enough to hold it, uh, but on the other controllers, you're not also actuating a button yep. with those. And I think everybody admits, like, your ring and your pinky finger have the least... Um, dexterity. Yeah, dexterity to them. So, like, making myself use that paddle to shift was a very, like, I had to think about it and consciously make myself do it. Yeah, it was and when tricky. I did that, I would take my fingers off other buttons. Because even, like, in a car with paddle, like, I use, an, yeah, you're use using, middle fingers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But obviously you got a lot of other stuff to do. So to access all the buttons, you got to have two here, two here, and then kind of do things that way. <laughs> um, Your tongue on the stick. And, <laughs> right. Yeah. It has a very, like, I don't know... I. What does that keep taking off? So this on the back here, where the where it clicks, there's a switch that pops up. Okay, and then and what? so this is the back. This is where the batteries go. One oh. AA in each side. Okay, um, but it's very cheap feeling in in oh, some that's ways. Weird. So Maybe. the cover is the paddles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Huh. So when you plug it in, so this flexes. Yeah. On purpose, in order to. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, that's weird. It's it's odd. It's odd. Uh, the whole thing. Um, what is this? Is it 59 or 49? I think it's 59, isn't it? I think it? it's 59. Yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, I played around with it for maybe two hours on Friday. Uh, played a handful of games. You can watch the video. I played some Bioshock in it, and we kind of have a picture-in-picture where it shows me using the controller so you can see what yeah. my hand is doing versus what the gameplay is doing. Uh, and then I played some Rocket League as well, which is a much more simplistic game that actually used the uh, left side section which if you can see it it has a crosshair on it has like a digital pad cross pattern to it yep um, but it's very large and so you move your thumb around a lot to use it as a d-pad hmm. uh, i didn't try a fighting game yet i need to do that because that's in theory what you would be using to play street fighter or something like that which i guess i just need to know how much how accurate that is it's it's a very unique product um i wouldn't tell everybody to go out and jump out and buy it right i it's, yeah, I feel the same way. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 interesting and unique, and, and you definitely want to try it what first. You do, yeah. Yeah, but I don't think trying it will help. I think you need to spend a couple. Of days yeah, it's not it. like you can't just use yeah. it for ten minutes because if you just use it for ten minutes, it's going to feel awful. It's going to feel uncomfortable. Well, it's going to feel because yeah, you have to like relearn. Unknown. Yeah, you have to relearn. Like, I mean, this is radically different from pretty much anything. Yeah, it so, is. It really is. Yeah, uh, which I commend them for trying. It's, yeah. it's forty nine ninety nine. I think shipping from Valve is ten bucks, but Amazon has free shipping. Okay, it comes out the tenth. Um, I mean, one of the benefits is like so. FTL is a game uh, that's on Steam. It yep. has no controller support at all. Yeah, it's, it's a mouse game. It's a mouse only game. And when you try to start it, it says, "Hey, you know, 
this is not supported by controllers, mm-hmm. just so you know, you don't have to map it. Um, but you actually use this right hand, this right hand uh, touchpad as like it is a, touchpad. a mouse surface, yeah. right? As a touchpad, as if it were on a laptop. And then you used uh, like left and right mouse buttons were one of these. I don't, I don't remember which one they were. So yeah. you could completely play the game with that controller from your couch. You know, cool. hooked up to a TV that would be pretty much impossible to do otherwise or much more difficult right like using a thumbstick to emulate a mouse yeah. versus using a touchpad to emulate a mouse are very different very different things uh, yep. the second thing is a steam link we have a second video that will go up this week or later this week uh, on this specifically this is their attempt to bring streaming gaming to the home yeah so this is a simple device it's basically a video decoder it's got usb ports hdmi and ethernet on it it's Easy, light, simple. It just sits there. It's got wireless built into it as well. 80211 AC. So is it just uh, a gigahertz and 2.4? Any Steam game? Is that the idea? Yeah. So like when you uh, basically you, you hook it up, mm-hmm. plug it in. It looks for other machines on your network that have Steam on it. Oh, okay. Right, and so it says okay, and then what it does is when you connect to a machine, it starts a big picture mode. Right, which is obviously built to have a TV interface. So yep. any of the interactivity that you have with big picture mode and any of the quirks you have with big picture mode get brought over. Right. But it's basically everything runs on the machine. Like you could watch it on the screen. Right? It's not like running in the background in some kind of recessed way. Yeah. It's active. So, so that it's computer passing so the video through. That machine is occupied. It is. Words. Yeah. You like, can't. You can't use this to have you know your wife do schoolwork or something yeah. on it while you're gaming on it. Uh, that's not that's not the, the, the function of it. Um, so how does the delay of this guy compare to like the more native like NVIDIA kind of I mean, it's pretty stuff? much the same thing. Is right? It? I mean, it's it, th- there's input latency yep. on the local network, right? We had this hardwired um, on well, a very fast network. It's either input or it's just round trip. I mean, you don't really know. I mean, it's, I mean, it's input latency from what you feel right. at the TV, right? So we had it hooked up to this TV behind me, uh, and you know, I was trying to play Bioshock. And ha- I had just played a bunch of Bioshock with this controller Direct. natively, mm-hmm. directly on uh, this laptop, actually. Uh, and then we hooked this up, and I tried to play Bioshock Infinite through the TV. Mm-hmm. And instantly, when I started to move, I, I could feel the latency there. I could feel that it was it was behind. Um, so that's pretty much in the video pipeline then, because you know you, you played with the controller and that was good, directly. Correct. I mean, it's, then, it is in the transition of encoding it on yeah. the machine, sending it to this device, decoding, decoding it, it. Yeah. receiving input, going back and making the loop. Yeah. Um, and that's we've always known that has been the problem with streaming gaming, whether it be something like GeForce Now, which is cloud streaming, or yeah. Uh, NVIDIA GeForce game streaming or now Steam Link that is local in-network stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, other, Some games work fine with it. Games that aren't latency sensitive. Sure. Bioshock Infinite is a first-person shooter that requires fairly accurate. It's kind of twitchy. Right? It's shooter, not as bad yeah. as like trying to play Battlefield 4 multiplayer. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but there's some accuracy needed in Bioshock Infinite. And, and I could tell immediately, could you get used to it? Probably. Um, it was one of those things where it's like I wanted to stop, but the cursor kept going type of thing. Yeah. Like it wasn't necessarily even the starting of it, the starting late that got me. It was the stopping late mm-hmm. that I thought uh, really affected me. But like I played, um, what else did I play? I played some Dirt Rally. That was okay. Racing games tend to be a little bit more sense or less sensitive to latency <coughs> because the um, you can see what's coming. Well, like, the inherent washiness of driving a car, yeah. right? Like tires slide. Yep. You know, and so you kind of you, it feels more forgiving that way. Played Brothers, Tale of Two Sons, 
uh, which was interesting because you had to use the thumbstick and then this touchpad is one. Um, but you could play non-latency-dependent games on it just fine. The, the image quality looks great. I'll mm-hmm. say that. Like, the image quality looks fantastic. Um, but I, they didn't solve physics still. Right? Yeah. So there's that. You want to play Skyrim? Fantastic, probably. You want to play uh, Star Wars Battlefront? Probably not so much. That's also an origin game, so good luck. That's true. Yeah. Those are both origin <laughs> games. Yeah. 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 You want to play Crisis 3? No. That's an origin game, too. <laughs> There's hmm. there's games on Damn Steam. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure there are games on Steam. Uh, you want to play The Witcher Three? You could probably play that one. That's like a Skyrim esque type game. Play, Batman about, about, Arkham Origins. How about any Valve game? Well, you can't play that. back Batman Arkham Origins. <laughs> but, but see, like Portal, you could probably get away with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. You can get away with it on Portal. But like TF2, probably not. Right. Because that requires it's fast. It's fast moving. I don't know. Uh, so check out that video. It's on the site, Steam Controller and Steam Link Overview and First Impressions. It's basically what what game, like for people trying to figure it out that just can't picture it, if you've ever tried to play a game on a TV that was not in game mode, where the TV added like 50 milliseconds of lag or mm-hmm. 80 milliseconds mm-hmm. of lag or something like that, it's the exact same thing. Yep. Right? You, yeah. you want the game to do something, it takes this much extra time for you to see the result. So... It actually makes the GeForce Now stuff kind of almost more impressive to me because it was very, very close to the experience I had with this. Now, there were different games, so I can't say that for sure. Sure, but, yeah. But like on a local network. But we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be spending more time with it. Um, I'm going to take it to my house and try it on a different network and do some other stuff and just make sure that that's not any particular issue. But uh, we'll have more on this controller in the link uh, next week when we talk about it then. Uh, also, we want to talk about a review of the new Acer XR3041CK. <laughs> you know, after I typed that like 40 times, it's like, okay, it just rolls you know, off it the tongue makes sense, now. right? It's a 34 inch. What's one the one? CK. 34.1 inch. Oh. I don't think, I don't know if that's right. That's what it usually is. I think it's 34 inch class, which usually just means like 33.8. Okay. So we know what but the 34 know, is, and yeah. the one is the question mark. The XR is like their gaming brand. Yep. Right. Well, What's the CK? One of their gaming brands. Well, that's like the designator of their gaming brand. Then 334, and then once, I don't know, whatever. Okay. It's a 34 inch yep. monitor, 21 by 9 aspect ratio. Mm-hmm. So the ultra wide monitor, 3440 by 1440. Curved, I guess that's a C. Curved, C. yeah, that's not even in there. Uh, 75 hertz, IPS. So it kind of give you all the specs, and now you know everything you need to know about the monitor. Pretty much. It's a free sync enabled monitor. Um, this is probably my new favorite FreeSync monitor. I have the more I use these twenty-one by nine displays, the more <laughs> impressed I am about what they allow you to do. Like if you look at this screenshot, this picture I took rather that shows like two full-screen browsers <coughs> plus you know open on PCBird.com plus a full-screen Twitter. There's a little bit of sliver or something left on the side. Like if you are a multiple browser person, um, if you want to have Word open while you're doing you know, watching a video while you're doing these other things. Like yeah. you, the real estate you get is, is fantastic. Um, especially if you compare it to somebody coming from a 1080p or 25 by 14 monitor, mm-hmm. um, the productivity benefits of it are, are pretty interesting. Uh, now, but obviously this is a gaming series monitor. Um, and there's some stuff to, to consider, right? So it's 3440 by 1440. It's a fairly high resolution. Mm-hmm. It's 4.9 million pixels per frame. Um, which so it's not it's not 4K. It's nowhere near 4K. It's not so. even close to 4K. And that's right. I, I, I expected it to be right. So 25 by 14, I believe, is 3.8. Okay. Million. 
3.5 million. But this like is that. like a third more. This is right? like a third more. Yeah. Okay. And I thought, okay, <coughs> this I thought it was really close to uh, 4K, but 4K is like uh, more than twice. Yeah. I think it's it's no no it's 70 percent more than 25 by than 3440 by 1440. Oh. Yeah. So it's another 70 percent okay. jump up. And the reason why we we talk about like pixel count, like nobody really cares about how many pixels there are, but it. Um, it's how it, that's how it's going to impact your gaming. Right? It's a quick way to judge that, right? Yeah. It's like okay, it's simple. If my test. GPU can push twenty five by fourteen at a at a reasonable rate, yeah. How much more horsepower, or how many, you know, how much quality settings am I going to have to turn off to to enable like yep. thirty four forty by fourteen? Or, or will you just have to set the resolution to twenty five by fourteen? And just deal with like bars on the you side. Know. You could. I would. I think that defeats. I think you should de- decrease quality yeah. settings. Well, it depends on the game, right? I mean, some games you don't really need the wraparound for. And well, some just, games don't you know, even support it. Right. That's another. Is, that's another issue. Which is, which is which is interesting. Yeah. Um, from a physical standpoint, like I really like the stand design. Yeah, it is a nice stand. It looks really simple, and it is. Uh, but it works really well. Mm-hmm. It's very stable. We didn't have any wobble issues with it at all. Yep. Uh, the stand has height adjustment. It has angle adjustment. You can see that here. Like we have it to its kind of one of our lower settings and angled back. It's. It, I think it was like a pretty decent grade aluminum. Like it didn't. It, it felt good. It didn't like any flex at all. It was no, very solid. No. Yeah. Uh, you can see from this image here the curved nature of it. Right. So it's it's a very subtle thing. It's not yeah. dramatic curve uh, and it works really well for monitors because there's a single user mm-hmm. curve tvs didn't make any sense because you would have people over yep maybe sure. you'd have people over i guess um but it does have vesa mounts too it does yeah so oh, if you if you want to take it off that stand um yeah there they are uh, right there if you want to take it off that stand and put it on a on an articulating arm or mm-hmm. something else uh you you can absolutely do that I, w- I will say a lot for a lot of these curved actually for all the curved panels we've seen so far um if you have any possibility of someone that's going to be sitting next to you trying to look, right? Just in other words, <laughs> over the shoulder or just like that kind of a thing. If it's anything other than just you sitting at the screen, mm-hmm. right? Um, all of the curve panels so far, if you look at them off axis, it's not so much that uh, you can't see the screen because the curve, like you're looking into the curve. It's that you start not being able to see the, the far edge. Because you get this weird parallax thing. Like, in other words, in order to make the screen curvable, mm-hmm. the backlight is like an eighth of an inch behind the matrix oh, of the screen. Right. Mm-hmm. So as you start to move your head, oh, you know, say even if you were, were sitting really close to this screen, it'll actually do that. Because you're looking at the two outer at the, edges. At the corners. At the two far corners. You're right. looking at them on an angle. And you actually, like, don't see the very edge of yeah. what's being displayed. When we first saw it, it made it look like, like on a Windows desktop, it made it look like the icons were like, like jumping floating. off the page. Like, like yeah. wow, this is some great 3D technology. that they <laughs> But it's really just like an optical illusion yeah. of the light. And, and really old LCD panels used to do the same thing. Oh, really? Yeah, the backlight okay. used to be separated out. The matrix wasn't a really thin kind of a thing. Huh. But I guess just in order to make a curved display, they have to just you know make it a different way. And it oh, can't yeah. just be like all bonded together to one piece. It's probably just the matrix is just kind of laid in there, and it's curvy. Yeah, know? yeah, it's cool. But interesting little just little something to know. Yeah. Uh, in terms of inputs, you got uh, DisplayPort and Mini DisplayPort, but you can only use one of those at a time. Two HDMI's. One of them supports HDMI 2.0, uh, and you have a DisplayPort out, which is interesting. It actually supports daisy chaining. DisplayPort. Oh, it's so all pass through. Yeah, it's it's daisy chaining. There's essentially like an MST hub. Okay, kind so, of built so into, it has a built-in yeah, hub, so you can add another display to yeah. the same chain. Okay, 
Yeah, hmm. which, which is which yeah. is which is nice, right? Especially. Um, I wonder how like how far can you take that, like with bandwidth wise. You know what I mean? Like on display because that first cable yeah, is going to have all the added up. Like if you try to do like right. say three of these or something, I, I wonder. Guess if, not very far. Yeah, I wonder if especially you if you're three. chaining thirty four forty by fourteen forty seventy five hertz displays. Yeah. Uh, it does come. I, one stupid thing here is they have. If you look at this picture, this is a picture of the DisplayPort cable plugged into the back of the monitor. Yep. And most DisplayPort cables have this retention mm-hmm. thing on the them where they button. clip in, right, yep. and they lock in, and it's a, it's a great feature, right, because you don't have cables accidentally sliding out, and you don't uh-huh. have to do the thumbscrew dumb shit. And they almost always make it so that that button plugs into a given monitor, so that like the button is away they make from it the, the something. button. Yeah, like faces out towards you, right? Yeah. Well, in this case, there's like a plastic overhang, the kind of a piece of molding yeah. that gets in the way. The plugs are all inset. So you literally can't get your finger in there. I had to use a, like a popsicle uh, stick or something. It's like, well, what do we? We call them the <laughs> GPU removal tools, but they are essentially the back plates oh. off of cases. Yeah. Right. The removal, Just, the punch outs for that. You, and you push it in there and get yeah. it there. Uh, and there, to their credit, they ship a cable without that retention clip. Oh, okay. Right, so they, they know it. Uh, but the cable they send is only four feet, and that's annoying as shit. That's not me. enough. That's not enough. Like, especially for a long monitor. Like, I don't know. It's it's. You almost can't make four feet if the PC was right next to it on the desk. Well, that's we have the issue here, right? <laughs> yeah, like, the, the PC was right next to it on the right desk. Next to the desk, and it's like, well, that's kind of that's as far as it goes. So huh. uh, something to keep in mind there. And then the other cool thing that the monitor does is it has ambient light. On the bottom of it, yeah, there's like, like a, a underglow. Yeah, yeah. There, there's like ten it's LEDs or effects. so. It's like nine or ten of them, I think, um, and they just fire straight down. You can change the color: uh, red, green, blue, or white. Uh, you can make it. There's like five levels of brightness. Uh, you can make it pulse or breathe or flash. Mm-hmm. You can do the Night Rider thing where it goes back and forth. Can you do like in between colors, like mixes? I don't think so. Hmm. No, actually, I will say no. No, you cannot. Well, it's better than not having them. Um, so the yeah. monitor itself it works really well. Like uh, this is its uncalibrated state. If you don't know what all these numbers mean, know that green in those bars on the right hand side is good. Red is bad. Yep. Uh, it just means that in this monitor, the green and the yellow and the um, well, green and yellow for the most part are uh, if, if oversaturated. See, basically, if you see uh, you know good results in all the grays. The monitor is generally pretty well calibrated. Okay. Like just out of the box. Right. right? So you see these green, um, a little bit towards the yellow, but yeah, yeah there's, but then, there's a lot of green. But then there. when you get to like the solid colors, like, you know, just red, green, blue, yellow, like, yep. you know, what would be like kind of edges of like where the color, where a given color is at its maximum. If that's out of band, usually it just means that the display is either not good enough if, of a color gamut or it's just too high. It's like... And in this, like and in this case, there you can see here. If you look at this triangle, their green and yellows are uh, beyond, like they're basically beyond sRGB. Yes. All right. So you have which that. is which is fine. It's just not accurate. Right. It's just too much color. Right. Who, who would have thought that was a bad thing in a, in but a display, this, right? This is the result after calibration uh, through our process here using a spider device and whatever. A um, <laughs> bunch of voodoo. A, a, bunch of, a bunch of open source software that kind of works together sometimes. Uh, and, but once you get it calibrated, everything looks awesome. Yep. It's, it's a fantastic display. And like I said, even out of the box, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Despite the red and orange that you see here, out of the box, it still looks pretty good. Oh, when yeah, we th- switch between calibrated and uncalibrated, uh, like – Right back and forth, like it's still there's a difference, but it's yeah. not like it's not like switching back to a TN panel or something like that. That you know from the the, the effect on this particular panel is that it just kind of like increases the contrast some. 
Right. Because before it was stretching that color out to a further, you know, the color was actually like a brighter color, right? And it was like, all right, red is too red. I need to dial that back in a little bit. So right. it actually like increases contrast yeah. effectively. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously finally like gaming impressions. This is awesome. I think I talked about this a couple weeks ago because I played um, Star Wars Battlefront at 3440 by 1440. I took some screenshots, posted them on there. We talked about it on the podcast. Yep. That was from this monitor. That was from this monitor. Obviously you can't uh, replicate the curvature. In a screenshot, <laughs> just printed out, just, just printed out and filmed it about six degrees across, across, right? Yeah, um, it was awesome, right? And and like here's uh, you know me shooting some people up in, in GTA Five. It is very similar to kind of the the kind of experience you get with Ifinity or Nvidia Surround mm-hmm. uh, without the headaches, yeah, right? So you don't get bezels. You don't have to go through any configuration yeah, or no, setup. No bezel correction. No. It's it's you know, wider than normal, but it's not way wider than normal, and mm-hmm. so you don't get like the extreme fisheye at the end of the displays. Like right. I've always complained is like Ifinity and Surround is yep. half of the, the the outside monitors are almost so distorted that yeah, it's not all stretched. useful information. Yep. Like the guy's head goes from here to when you move over <laughs> here, his head's that big. It's like a melon. How close is he? Oh, he's not close at all. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's to me for gaming and, and I think most modern games are supporting this. Um, the, the ultra wide experience is awesome. Yeah. And, uh, actually Alan brought up something this morning when we were talking about it. His first inclination was that the 34 inch 3440 by 1440 monitor yeah. was actually, I thought uh, it was like shorter. Yeah. I thought it like wasn't the, as tall. The vertical distance of it. Was was less than a like a twenty seven inch uh, twenty five by fourteen like the RG Swift because yep, I thought you would have less workspace to do like Word documents. Yeah, so even though like you have that. the same resolution, if the if it's scrunched up, you're you know you yeah. higher pixel density, but you know whatever. Uh, and actually, it turned out to be the opposite. It was almost exactly the same. It was yep. actually a little uh, bit the bigger. The fourteen forty pixels were actually stretched just maybe half an inch or something like that. Yep. Um, based on our tape measure measurements uh, for that, so uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of neat. Um, and and this is an expensive monitor. It's a thousand dollars. It's a thousand bucks, right? Like you, yeah. you're getting uh, ultra wide curved thirty four forty by fourteen forty seventy five hertz. So those are the top level of all of those increments. Okay, right. So the curved is a little bit of a price improvement or price improvement price increase. Uh, uh, seventy five hertz display is kind of the top level for that screen size. Mm-hmm. 3440 by 1440 is the top resolution for that screen size. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a good build quality, and you have FreeSync support. So all the variable refresh uh, window is from like 32 hertz to 75 hertz. And I think, uh, uh, I think the overdrive on this one was similar to like that Asus IPS FreeSync panel. Not, it it not worked the well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, it works. I mean, it's, yeah. it's not perfect, but it's good. Like, yep. I would say it's passable, especially on an IPS screen at this point. Like, <coughs> they're, they're working on it, and it's been getting better every time, so... Yep. So uh, there's more details in the review. Check that out, uh, and uh, we'll have we we'll actually have another monitor review for you probably tomorrow uh, as this podcast goes live. We'll have a review of the brand new ASUS uh, PG279Q, ROG is the, Swift Two, the ROG Swift PG279Q. It's not ROG Swift Two, despite two. what Alan wants it to be it's called. It's the second ROG Swift. It's the new ASUS one with the 165 hertz IPS refresh. Right, and it's it's pretty good to not spoil the review, but it's a pretty awesome monitor. Uh, but let's take. If you're 26 or under, make sure you get your parents' permission to view the mo- review. Yeah, it'll have all kinds of dirty pictures. It is PG 27. 
Yeah, yes. that's right. Uh, so let's take a quick break here and thank today's podcast sponsor, um, WhisperSync for Voice, an Amazon and Audible innovation. Uh, they are supporting us on this episode. We really uh, appreciate it. And I think the technology they have here is actually really cool. Um, if you're one of those people that wishes you had more time to read, mm-hmm. uh this is how you create more book time. Uh, you can add narration to your Kindle eBooks. Uh, you can read on your tablet. Like if you're at home, you're in bed, uh, you, you know, you have the ability to read on your tablet. You can do that. But when it's time to leave, you got to go to work. Right. Uh, you got to drive to a family event or something mm-hmm. like that. Get on a bus. Uh, whatever you're going to do, you can pick up where you left off by switching to the audio and listening to it on your phone. Now, is this Audible or is this? It's Amazon and Audible together. Okay, so they're together. Yep. And I know that there was just the Whisper Sync thing. It would just sync between them. Yeah. Now, this is basically the same thing, right? Like this is the technology to. But you're saying where you're in the book goes to where you where you should be in the podcast or no, in the, in in the, the audio audio book. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So basically, when you stop reading, it yeah. recognizes where you're at. It syncs to the network. Right. It says, yep. "Okay, he stopped here," and it starts the audio at where the you same left place. Off, yeah. Where you left off. It's so cool. Yeah. Ken. Ken isn't, talks about this all the time. Yeah, it works awesome. great. It's my favorite feature of the whole Kindle stuff. So so the. Uh, the app knows where you're on the book. It'll pick up right where you stopped. Uh, you can. It really will help you like get to those books that you've been wanting to read, but you really haven't had time to do it. Yeah, that's uh, good. I mean, you're sitting on your couch. You can read. Then you need to go because there's a huge benefit to. Uh, I think you know, like I drive when I'm driving into yeah, work. I got 15 in. minutes or 20 minutes whatever it is to get some reading time in. Yep. But when I'm at home, I don't want to put on my headphones and listen to an audiobook and yeah. kind of like ignore my wife and child so but if i'm reading on the couch that's okay so you can kind of cycle back and forth between those very easily you don't have to take a post-it note and say well i was on page blah 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 yeah uh and maybe maybe i can figure out where that syncs out to time span um you can actually learn how to add narration to your Kindle ebooks if you go to Amazon.com slash PC per. It's really simple. You buy the Kindle book, and then there's a checkbox underneath the add to cart or buy with one click mm-hmm. that says add audio companion. If you do that, it's an <laughs> add-on price, uh, and then you can switch between listening and reading on the Kindle app or tablet. You can add narration to over 60,000 Kindle bestsellers and popular titles, and even better, upgrading your ebook with narration is kind of irresistibly affordable. It, it'll vary from title to title. Uh, I guess that depends on what the cost of the audiobook would be yeah. in general. Um, it's called Whisper Sync for Voice. You can enjoy these books you've been meaning to read but just haven't had the time. Uh, make sure you go to Amazon.com slash PCPer. We're just excited to have that um, that URL. That's pretty cool. You go there. It's got our logo and stuff on it. So now we're legit. Um, uh, Amazon.com slash PCPer. I, I, I really want to try this, right? And, and it actually has a, uh, a service in there if you go there. If you already have a Kindle, you have Kindle books, it will cycle through your Kindle library and tell you which books have the narration feature on it. So okay. you can just kind of like, you want to add this one, and add this one, add this one. So if there's a book you've bought, which I have like three or four that I've purchased but haven't read yet, mm-hmm. you can say, okay, add narration to it. It'll charge you whatever the difference is. And then... Take a, take advantage of the the whisper sync text. So, I, I'm I'm probably gonna try that out with one. There's a couple of books on that page where it goes through your recommendations. Uh, probably not the Rick Pitino book. I'll probably go with one of the video game books, um, and uh, and give that a shot. So we thank Whisper Sync Technology for their support of the PC Perspective podcast. So, let's move on. We've got some news to run through here. Uh, late last, early last. I don't know, almost a week ago. Mm-hmm. The video release Share Beta and a new GFE bundle. We've talked about Share Tech here before. Uh, the person-to-person streaming 
the ability like they've already had they had it was called shadow play before right? oh okay. where you had the ability to record in real time while you're going it was always capturing yeah, yeah. some time some amount of time five minutes ten minutes and you could save it go back uh with this they added you know and you could still do uh twitch yeah, so broadcasting youtube broadcasting is added so now. what's different now like what are they they've adding? added uh person to person streaming so if you want to watch me play a game okay you can stream i can stream to you specifically over what medium over gfe oh yeah so all i do is i i click the button there that so looks do we have like to, person there like, to person is there like a friends thing or it's something? actually like, web-based right so i oh. when i put in like your email address of okay. a person i want to stream a game to you get the email click a link it opens up a browser and you can watch me play the game so i have to have signed into my gfe no, with something no you don't have to only i have to have right GFE. you don't even have to have gfe installed you don't even have to have an. Oh, MIDI it just sends GPU. me a link. Yeah, yeah it just yeah, sends you, you a just web link. link. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then That's cool. uh, I also think it doesn't require GFE. You can actually take over and play my game for me. Really? Yeah. Through the web streaming yep. thing. Yep. You have a controller, you have a mouse and keyboard, and I can send you an invite to take over gameplay as well. They put a time limit on it. I think it was like two hours. Is that mm-hmm. right? Or something like that? Like it's tr- to prevent just like people from. It's supposed to be like, hey, you should try out I The mean, Witcher 3. I'm going to start it. You can play it on my system I for would two imagine hours. it might... Oh, please. That. I can't beat this boss. Can you do it for me? Well, there's, yes. there's that to it. <laughs> yeah. Sebastian will do that for me a and, lot. And not only that, but all of that, you're playing something on another machine, latency stuff applies to. Oh, yeah. So, it absolutely. You know, like a sling box for gaming. A sling box over, yeah, yeah over the yeah. internet. For, yeah. For your game. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. I, I think you do need to use Chrome and like an extension. Like the browser support yeah, is I would limited imagine. right now. Like, and what if I use Microsoft's Edge browser? <laughs> uh, well, then you can go ahead and <laughs> you can try. You can just try and not use it. Yeah, you can give it a shot. So that's what that's what's new in Share. That's pretty cool. Um, now the one thing that they didn't, the one thing they did change. Um, yeah, so here's what it says the demos are for. By the way, latency free one to one broadcasts. It's very like quicker than Twitch or YouTube or whatever streaming. If you want yeah. to do one-to-one broadcasting, you can. Demo new games of friends. Help your buddy beat a level. Play together in a co-op mode. Oh, that's also true. Yeah. Like, if you have a multiplayer game yeah. and you connect to it, it emulates your controller, your gets controller added as, a second, as a second controller. Okay, now that's awesome. Yeah. It's pretty cool. That I like. So, like, uh, Trine 3 was the example they used. It's a, it's a very... Uh, uh, kind of well-used multiplayer controller-based yeah. game, so I can play. I can invite you to play, and we play in co-op mode. It's 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 pretty neat. It really is. I could play Mario Portal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they now do game stream at 4K, so you can stream from your PC to an Nvidia Shield device at 4K. Can you save the stream at 4K? Yes. Can I what? It used to be like if the resolution was too high, it would it would only do like 30 frames per second or this something. This does 4K 60, 5.1 surround. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I'm guessing it can also save that to disk if you're trying to just save. Yeah, and it's got a built-in Yes, yes. Shadowplay can now record at 4K. Okay. Yes, yeah. correct. Um, now, one thing they did do that I think a lot of people aren't happy about is they basically removed the ability to download uh, the game-ready drivers. So, like, uh, whenever a game would come out for, let's say, Battlefront, mm-hmm. Star Wars Battlefront, they released a driver yep. that day for, um, you know, best possible performance for NVIDIA cards on on that game. Sure. You can just go to the GeForce.com and download it. Or just GFE would. GFE would. GFE could pull it down. Now you have to get it through GFE. And you have to give them your email address in order to get it. You have to have a 
confirmed email address. So they're going to yeah. be drivers that you can only download through GFE? Yes. And only if you've signed in with your email address. Yeah. Ugh. It's pretty stupid. Yeah. I don't understand why. why? Because. Well, clearly they want a mailing list. Right? They want, For what? They want their most dedicated fans in order to send you marketing and stuff or whatever. Right? The, they, their feet. They essentially said, oh, well, it's for contests that are coming up. Uh, so, you know, you can download your latest driver and join up for a contest. And oh, don't worry, you can unsubscribe well, I, okay. to the mailing list after you've signed up. That's what but they say. The thing is, but here's, okay, so here's what I would do in the past. Like, I don't normally download drivers right away like that. But if some new game is out and I try to run it and something weird happens, my next step is, oh, let me go get whatever the most recent driver is, well, if the most recent driver outside of this process is, like, two months old and obviously yeah. didn't fix the issue, and you're telling me I have to give you my email address just mm-hmm. to make my GPU work properly with a game that, that just came out? That is in? correct. I don't have email. That's kind of... <laughs> yeah, what do, I, what do I do if I tell them that? I, I mean, it's just, not only, that, not only that, but I also have to install GFE. <laughs> like, you're correct. You're right. Yeah, that's, these, these are these are all changes. Yes. Yeah, you, you do not have a choice. If you want to play Nvidia, you've got to give them an email address and then install their extra little thing. I don't like. Brought that. to you by AMD. Now it still gives you drivers. Now here's what's interesting. Signing. I've been told there's no DRM in the driver or anything like that. Like, so if one person goes and downloads uh, it to GFE, so it's just gonna post it on some website. See, now that's opening up another can of worms. Uh huh. Because then people are just gonna inject whatever crap malware into the freaking new driver, put it on a site, and people are just gonna go, "Oh, here's this driver," and yeah. download it, and now they've got like awesome infections. Ooh, and, awesome like, infections. Awesome infections, and like it's <laughs> gonna the be. Best. Here's the new version of the NVIDIA keylogging driver. Yeah, and Alan's um, botnet grows. Yes. My, my botnet will just be huge. I'm going to cut yes. this part out of the podcast. <laughs> Do you want email syphilis or real syphilis? It's your choice. I mean, really, it just—it really does. Because because this is like an—I mean, I used to work in that field. That's an awesome vector to get people on a hook, right? Yeah. It's something that they want. And it's a driver. You can sneak all sorts of crap into a driver right. store. You're, 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 you're actively downloading an EXE. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's you a want package to allow this that... to make changes to your system. Well, yes. Well, sure. Oh. Would you like that this unsigned driver approved? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, and not only that, people who who is gonna who is gonna even stutter at an unsigned driver prompt on like a on a know, beta driver on a beta driver, yeah. right? Oh, they I wouldn't already... care. They would just be like, oh, okay, click, 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 next, 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 and now always you know, trust. Uh, right, always trust from this vendor. This is gonna get ugly fast. I can oh, see yeah. it. And and video. You know what? You know what's interesting is they claim that. 90% of their driver downloads already happened through GFE. I guess. So, I don't know. I'll, we'll have to see how that changes. Anyway, moving on. Well, now 100% well. Well, no. Yeah. You can still download the Wickle drivers yeah. from Yeah, from their site. Yeah. Because, because you have to install GFE somehow. Yeah. Right? You have to get the software. Like, you have to be able to go to some place to download the first driver with GFE so that you can start to get the other I thought you could download GFE. GFE. Separate and then let oh, it pull I down don't the driver. Know if you can. I think you can. Yeah. Oh, really? I actually yeah. think that's the default button on the front page is download GeForce. So, yeah, they so want say, you to download GeForce. Say you GFE build a new first. system. Yeah. Right. And Battlefront has just come out. Mm-hmm. You have to install a driver with GFE or just GFE. I don't, know, I don't. I don't. I'm telling you. It's I a don't thing. know if you can do that. I've done it. I think you might not be able to do that in the near term. Okay. Uh, you have to download a driver with install GFE in order to download a new driver. Yeah, that's the way. To install it to get the best performance of the game. It's, it's kind of dumb, but I don't know, whatever. Uh, I'd go move- with a different D word, but yeah. D- yeah. 
Uh, Sebastian, you wrote up quite a few news pieces for us here uh, that we're going to cover. One is this Lian Lee PC-1800, or PC-18, rather, aluminum mid-tower inclusion. Look at this thing. It's like going back in time. Yeah, it's if only very, it was beige. I don't know what to say about this. It's very I don't know why you released a product like this in 2015, but I you've got beautiful five and a quarter inch bays adorning the front there. You have no rear fan exhaust mount at all. None? None. It's weird. No. Oh, the Dolce's in the bottom. Where does wow. the power top mounted exhaust? PSU, top. which is always popular. Oh. <laughs> but you've, you know, it's got an interesting bracket that they've added to this. I, I honestly feel like they must have uh, taken like the tooling and the parts they had for a case from like 1997. Oh, yeah. And they added a swing out 360 uh, millimeter rad mount. Oh, no, you, could, you used to be able to get those. Oh, okay. So maybe the entire no, thing That was a very classic thing. I like the outside of this case. It makes me feel nice and relaxed and like I'm at home again. <laughs> oh, God. It almost looks like we should put casters on it and go back to those we days. We should probably too. put casters on it. You, think yes. you know what? It's not going to be real heavy. It's, it's, it's a Leon Lee. That means it's aluminum. Yeah. You don't think there's going to be like a whole bunch of sharp edges in there, too, just so everybody remembers how to bleed? <laughs> I... I have personally been to the ER retro, from a computer be. case before. You've been to an to ER? Get stitches, to get stitches oh, after slicing I... my hand open. I don't know what I was doing. Like, you know those punch-outs? You weren't doing it when outs. you were working for me, were you? No. i got to call my insurance company. No. <laughs> <'Cause you're laughs> that's just a sacrifice to the PC guys. That PC must have ran great forever after you built it. That's you true. The no, it was trash. It was a Duron oh, processor. No. Well, the whole build was trash. Well, can't help you there. Trash in, trash out. Set your expectations right. If it's a Duron, yeah, yeah I'm sure it ran great. I think it was a 900 megahertz Duron, actually. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, what else we got here? How about uh, a rumor that Apple is going to use custom AMD SFC for a next-generation iMac? This actually makes a lot of sense to me because their relationship with AMD has gotten tighter and tighter. Oh, yeah. They've, they've dropped NVIDIA from all of their Macs. I didn't know this. I was scrolling through their website. Every single MacBook Pro with dedicated graphics... And every iMac, and of course their Mac Pro, is all AMD now. So it, there, there's been rumors in the past about them going with some sort of SOC and possibly their own internal SOC. But it would make a lot of sense to me to just go with the next generation product from AMD, who's probably sampling it to them. They're testing it out. They're trying different builds. And they, they do their own weird thermal management things, and they run very close to max specs on these computers, like the Mac Pro that, you know, it's running 90C, and everything seems to run okay with it. So it, I think that even in their small form factor computers like the iMac and their MacBook Pro, they could make this work. And if you think about a, a next-gen APU part that is faster than what's in the current Xbox One or PS4, that would make a lot of sense for like a, a workstation class, like 5K iMac, iMac or something. Right. If, a lot of, if they're doing a lot of stuff off of, uh, like, GPU rendering or something. They, they do OpenCL the hell out of that operating system. Just all over the place, so. Which is probably why they went with That's AMD why they go with Radeons. Yeah. I know Apple could use, or AMD could use the business. Yeah, so that's why I pointed out in the, the piece. It's just, it, it's a great win for AMD if they end up doing this. And... Lisa Sue had kind of hinted around that they have a couple of uh, wins with uh, contracts coming up with the next gen stuff, but it's not mm. going to be out to like 06, 07, or 16, 17. 17. <laughs> so we'll see. But I, I think that the Zen stuff, it might not be 
quite the same as like the landscape has been in the past. Like we're not going to see like amazing new desktop parts that are going to blow everything away, and we have a great war between AMD and Intel again. I think that they're going more embedded. They just had an announcement today about a new embedded uh, DDR4 part, and they're going kind of down that road where they're testing out more all inclusive like the SOCs. So we'll see. I think it. I think it's a viable rumor though. What if Apple just pumped a bunch of money into AMD and used them as their x86 license? What if Apple <laughs> buys awesome. AMD? But can they? Now, this is the question I have. Can can AMD sell off their no. x86 business because of the licensing agreement they have with Intel? Isn't that, so um, it? they 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 could, but it would have to be approved by uh, several entities. Now, if they sold it to Apple. That would probably not be an issue because it's an American company. But if they wanted to sell it to a Chinese company, that's okay. going to be much more problematic. Yeah. Um, so the the idea of Apple – I mean who just invested a whole bunch of money in AMD? Was it Fujitsu? I don't remember. I thought it was a uh, – Or C-Micro. No, no. So they bought C-Micro. It was Fabric. Yeah, that's yeah. – sorry. I'm sure what it was. But like, yeah, I mean it, it would be a feasible thing to do. But I think Apple has invested so much in ARM already that I don't know if they would be interested in, in, in kind of pursuing down that. Every, all the rumors seem to indicate that they're, like, trying to get out of x86. I don't know. There are those perpetual rumors that the next I- Intel's working on the next iPhone chip. But those yeah. rumors that they're working on an LTE chip, LTE uh, portion of that chip with an right. ARM SoC. Oh. And Intel is also okay. happy to fab ARM chips. Oh, uh, sure, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they definitely would do that. Yeah. Intel likes money. Interesting. Yeah. You know who else likes money? Uh, well, SanDisk did like money because they accepted 19 billion of them, 19 billion uh, monies from Western Digital to be acquired. 19 billion credits. Yes, Imperial yeah. Credits. Uh, so Western Digital now owns SanDisk, I assume, well, unless almost. it gets approved. It's pending. Right. They had yeah. some other acquisition, and the and there's a Japanese company that's today, got a chunk but... of. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say there's a Japanese company with a good chunk of SanDisk IP. Mm. That chances are they're not going to interfere, but do again have to agree. Yeah, but I, it's like I, I think Western Digital said they expect this to close Q3 of next year. Yeah, and I'm surprised the delay is going to be that short because they're in the middle of this. Two-year already delay for HDST. Western yep. Digital is. Yeah. Has that not actually oh, God, yeah. gone through ever? Uh, it's gone through oh. enough that <laughs> there's going to be integration in like more than another year from now. <laughs> okay, so it's like, yeah, they're in the middle of that. So I hope this one goes quicker because it's I like Western Digital. Western Digital's like, hey, I acquired this company. Oh, you can't touch them for three years. It's like, oh, okay. You can't touch them, but you can tell them what to do. Uh, kinda. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so this is kind of a weird inception kind of thing, though, because like Western Digital got SanDisk. SanDisk previously got Fusion I.O. Mm-hmm. And a few others. So, that's, so where's the inception And a few other companies. Part? So it's like it's like nested companies. Like the other, well, companies, sure. the other companies have like acquired the other ones. Yeah. It, it, honestly, Fusion is still kind of still Fusion within yeah. SanDisk. Like the yeah. products are still really just Fusion products with just SanDisk Flash on them. Yeah. Um, you know, so and in fact, the majority of these sales aren't even technically final yet, and they've already been bought and sold twice. It, yeah, <laughs> it's it's really weird. Yeah. It's like Sandforce. I'm hoping. Passed around. I, I'm I'm hoping because I mean, 
Washington Steel has bought other flash company. Was it Silicon Motion or Silicon Image? Silicon Image. Oh, they bought God. Silicon yeah. Image. They made SSDs and then, for one generation and then, and then they gave, like, up. gave up on it. And I'm just hoping that somebody well, over I mean, there can so just like... The difference between what Silicon Image was doing, they made a controller. Yep. SanDisk makes everything. Yeah. Right? They are the largest yeah. provider of flash in the world, Yep, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, Vertical. So, if nothing else, Western Digital got a good shoe into the camera SD card market. <laughs> well, um, yeah, that's true. You're I mean, SanDisk does so much other stuff, right? They make Flash that'll go in phones and in other devices, and, and you know, TVs, and all that type of Western stuff. Western Digital, if it's one thing that they're good at, is having shelf space at like Best Buys and stuff like that. Of like, you know, yeah, but all SanDisk their hard already has plenty of shelf space. Yeah, yeah. For yeah. S- well, however much shelf space you need for SD cards. <laughs> Really, um, the more interesting thing to me about this is so is that they have nineteen million dollars. Nineteen billion. <laughs> I was. I don't. Well, it says in cash and stock. I don't know how that breaks down. I'm not a. I'm not a businessy guy, but uh, there are no more hard drive companies. Excuse me. There's no more hard drive companies. No more companies that only deal in hard drives. Yeah. Oh, that only do hard drives. Got to diversify, man. <laughs> they see the death now. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. That, Coming that, soon, Western Digital Gaming headset. I mean, they'll be like, <laughs> like Toshiba still technically makes them, but it's just like a little group of Toshiba. But Toshiba makes That's, Flash as well. Then they yeah. make Flash and everything else, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And C- Seagate is... Yeah, Seagate okay. owns SanDisk. No, no. They're, no. Sorry, not SanDisk. Uh, what's what? the bad SSD controller? Sandforce. 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 Which they haven't really... Which still... But, their, new, their new controller still has yet to surface but, but in any of the But bought them from LSI, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> LSI probably wanted nothing to do with them. I just wanted... Like, I would have taken $1 billion. The, To sell what? It doesn't matter. Whatever they want. I'll sell, I'll sell you anything <laughs> for a billion dollars. <laughs> I mean, like... I mean, if, if there's going to be a $19 billion transaction... And I know plenty of people at both of these companies... Like a like I don't know. You want your cut? Like twenty million would have been nice. Oh, okay, right. Like, would you change the name of the stadium for a million dollars? Would it be Western Digital Presents PC for twenty million dollars? Yeah, that was only twenty million. For less than that? No, no. I'll go down. I go down. You know what? Hold on. It cut out on a million for that. I go down to like seventy-five thousand. Oh no, 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 no. no. I've already established the fact. Give me, give me seven million, and you can be Sandisk Presents PC Perspective. Hmm. Uh, If anybody is watching. There's my price. They're, of course they're watching. Now, I'm still going to review other people's products, and they might still be better than yeah. SanDisk. We've got Lexar SD cards. It's true. Boom, done. But SanDisk presents a review of a Lexar SD card. <laughs> right? That, that could be... I don't know if they'd want their name. No publicity is bad publicity. That's right. SanDisk <laughs> presents... It's true. Lexar takes the SanDisk Gold Award. Yeah, there, there oh, you go. Oh, that's yeah. just... Ugh. <laughs> my buddy Drew's out there watching seven... I'll get at 6.5. Okay. 6.5 million. Okay. This is not how you negotiate. <laughs> you're, you're talking yourself down before you even five. have counted. No, no, five. Five. No. no. 6.5 is my final cutoff. offer. <laughs> what do you got in your pocket? 6.5. That's it. Uh, let's talk about uh, an ultra thin Yoga 900. This is something that Ken knew about for a little while because he <laughs> went to China and got to see all this Ooh, stuff. Ooh, fancy Ken. Um, I did about this five months ago. Uh, so Lenovo and has I made. tell you. Lenovo has made yoga its own brand. Yep. Uh, it's no longer a ThinkPad yoga. I, it was IdeaPad. Or IdeaPad yoga. Well, they may, well I, I, I think mean, they still will make ThinkPad yogas, but 
Okay. Uh, it's no There's longer no the more idea, idea pad, pad yoga. Yoga, yoga really, is its own thing. They've really kind of been their own thing anyway. They kind of have. Oh, yeah. Now it's official. You know. And now we have the Yoga 900. Um, Sebastian, what is the Yoga 900? It's, what is it, 0.59 inches thick. It's 14.9 millimeters thick. Okay. They have a revised version of that watch band hinge. And I liked it. Very, it's still the same very high resolution screen as QHD+. Plus, and they've, they've done a spec bump, too. It's got Skylake now. So upgraded processor, upgraded <laughs> graphics. The, the base specs on this, I think, are very impressive for the price, too. Like This is a premium convertible laptop. With a Skylake processor, and it's eleven ninety nine, so about twelve hundred bucks. Best Buy is going to get an exclusive on a slightly spec bump version of it. Of so course, it's going to have an i seven instead of an i five for that eleven ninety nine price. But you're dealing with uh, what does it have with it? Like it's come stock with a two hundred fifty six gig SSD, which is nice to see. Uh, I believe it's stock eight gigs of RAM instead of four. Yep. <laughs> so a little eight. bit higher power, more productivity. They've revised quite a number of things with the design as well. So I'm, I'm curious to see what the keyboard feels like. I don't know if Ken had any hands-on with it, what the uh, key trap was like considering the thinness. I think it's about the same as the Yoga 3, which is pretty good. Like It, it was always yeah, it was a actually pretty, pretty good, good keyboard for considering it was that thin of a laptop. Yeah. Um, curious so, what the JBL stereo is going to sound like too. You don't usually see JBL on laptops that I've seen anyways. Yeah, I've seen JBL before. I mean, you've got to be limited by size. Of yeah. Oh God, yeah. Area in there, I, you know, like they did. They did some interesting things. Ken was telling me so. It's 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 a little bit thicker than the Yoga Three Pro. A little bit. But it, and now they're using uh, full Skylake yeah. instead of Core M. They're using Core i five. They went back to Core i seven parts. Yeah. Which was in the Yoga One and Two. Right, and so and to kind of compensate for that, they've made the battery larger. This is a sixty six watt hour battery. And I believe the Yoga 3 Pro had like a 52-watt-hour yeah, battery. Yeah, it's a significant difference. So I, I, was, I was a big fan of the form factor of the Yoga 3 Pro, um, but I was not a fan, I don't think very many people were fans, of the reduction in performance. Going from Yoga 2 to Yoga 3, you actually went down in performance. You went up in efficiency and up in battery life. Actually, it didn't really go up in battery life because they just made it thinner with a smaller battery. Yeah. So this is kind of a return to form for them. You get the USB Type-C 3.0. So they... They told me that was Thunderbolt three. I don't know if that's gone back and forth. Back back then they but, said, it was, but said it was. They said it was Thunderbolt three. Okay. Now I will say that many people I have talked to have complained about the length of time for certification for Thunderbolt. Yeah. Uh, that's why there's only two motherboards from Gigabyte that have Thunderbolt certification. Nothing from ASUS. Nothing from MSI. Yeah, that could very well be the. But you would think Intel would would try to get that out the door here. Now, the Surface 4 and Surface Book don't have Thunderbolt either, do they? I don't think, I don't think they so. do. I only think they don't even have Type-C. Right? They only had standard. Uh, I think that's right. Yeah. So, 2.8 pounds. I wonder if you'll be able to slide this under the door like this PC does. What? Commercials <laughs> indicate. But, we'll see. We, we shall see. We'll see. I, I, We usually get all the Lenovo hardware in, so we should get this in relatively soon. I'm, I'm pretty excited about I'm this. I'm excited about I'm, it. Yeah. I'm in the market for a new Ultrabook in this range, and I've always liked the Yogas. I didn't like the Core M version because it was slower than my existing laptop. But right. They, they, they said they really took the, – the complaints they got were the speed and battery life. Yeah. And they went out on both of okay. they, they put in the fastest 15-watt parts they can. They put in a big battery to hopefully make the battery life better than the yep. Yoga 3. 
with the core. I, I want it. I want it to be. I mean, at the at the starting price of was eleven ninety nine. Yeah, that's that's a, quite a bit less than where the Surface Four or the Surface Book is at. Yeah, right. I have we have both those coming in. They should be in uh, early next week. Um, but I do wish it had a 1080p screen option instead of a QHD. Yeah, I agree. I asked them about that, and they was like, "Well, QHD." The WQHD is just going to take more power. Like yeah. that's why I got the 1080p version of my XPS 13. Yeah. So. And you had to turn on scaling anyways with the WQHD. Yeah. I I don't I don't disagree with you there. Yeah. So. Uh, Silverstone Raven RVX01, an affordable new mid-tower. This definitely doesn't look like that um, Leanne Lee we just saw. No, it actually looks a lot like the RV05 that I reviewed a few months ago. And they've not really made a lot of concessions from what I can see of the pictures. It's essentially the same design. It's still a 90-degree rotated motherboard. They've done a little bit of a different thing with the storage. You can kind of see in that photo that there are brackets sort of built into the back where you can mount either a three and a half or two-and-a-half-inch drive in a couple of spots, plus that little um, vertical two-drive bay in the back. So you have you have a little bit more storage flexibility than with the RV05, but essentially the same, except the cooling system is slightly revised. They went, with, they went back to the original kind of Fortress and Raven RV01 thing and have three of the fans at the bottom, the air penetrator fans, yep. instead of two with the last uh, generation. But they're smaller. They're 120 millimeter. So does it does it bother anybody else that this is clearly just a square steel case with plastic around it? I think it's. I mean, obviously, you're not going to see it that way when it's put together. No, you're right. But but they have made it a lot less expensive. Like the that's true. Yeah, the original. This is targeting yeah. like an eighty dollar price point here. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yep. I'll shut up. You're right. Eighty dollars. Can't. Can't. I can't bitch about that. So if it's sturdy and it looks cool from the outside, I'm okay with it at like seventy nine ninety nine. Yeah. You know. Fair enough. Uh, GTX nine eighty Water Force from Gigabyte liquid cooled graphics card here. Nothing super dramatic. This is just a. Is this just an iteration in? Uh, hey, we want to have a self contained water cooled GPU as well. I th- I think the important thing about this design is that they are using their own little I don't know if it's a full uh cold plate or if they're actually using like little segments that are connected by hmm. heat pipes there it's hard to say but so they aren't using any fans block. on the on the actual PCB. Ah, okay. So you're not using one of those hybrid designs like the uh recent uh what was it? The Sky not Skyhawk. Uh, the MSI Seahawk? one, Seahawks. 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 Yeah. Seahawks. So that one is just an all. It's kind of like the the Fury X, right? So you just have to find a 120 millimeter fan mount somewhere, and that's it, right? It's an interesting so it, looking card. Yeah, there's somebody in the comments that was talking about. It looked like. Let me, let me find this comment. Um, I don't know. Uh, the, they didn't like the way it looked. <laughs> I forget what it was, but they're talking about oh, like looking back, like one of the original water block or like one of the original water cooled video cards. I mean, it's 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 fine. It's whatever. Um, it looks like a cooler master cooler to me. Yeah, so. yeah. So one we'll thing see that how confuses loud me is <laughs> true. The one thing that confuses me, I didn't realize this was nuclear powered. Oh, is it? At, at, well, they describe the radiator as 45 centimeter SFP, which is spent fuel pool, isn't it? <laughs> 45 centimeter that, SFP. 
I don't know. And I'm Alan, not sure what's SFP, SFP is stand for? Like, it's not a diameter thing. Yeah. And I even looked it up, and the only thing I could find was spent fuel pool, where you put the uh, the rods where they get too it's hot. Probably not a spent fuel pool. That is a pretty long graphics card if you count the pipes coming out the back. That yeah, that looks pretty long for a 980. You're right. Yeah, it does. Mm. It, the PCB does seem to go out to the to the edge of the shroud at least. Um, it's a custom PCB too, because I didn't really show a picture of it, but they've. They have a different set of video outputs than a stock 980. Oh, yeah, they're awesome. It's dual DVI outputs in addition to the three display ports and the HDMI Hmm. 2.0. Okay. Hmm. Often the NVIDIA cards sort of disappoint me on the outputs, but that's impressive. Yeah, well, they don't have to worry about exhausting any air out. Yeah, true. That's a big plus. All right. Um, so there you go. That is the Gigabyte GTX 980 Water Force Liquid Cooled Graphics Card. All right, we're going to get into our hardware software picks of the week. So, Alan, whenever you're ready, come on back to the studio here. Um, so here's my pick, and I'm going to see how this shows up on the screen here. This is called Stock Plop. I'm sorry? I said I said it's called Stock Plop. And this Sounds is, dirty. It, it does. I don't disagree with you. Um, it is a, as this animation will show you, a very svelte and skinny SSD dock. Um, it would. And it's available in different colors uh, and a couple of different patterns. It has a, let's go down here. It's got like a silver. It's got uh, this one, the wood style. This is like bamboo. And it's got like a carbon fiber. Um, and they're actual, I don't think it's actual. Maybe it is actual carbon fiber. I think that's what they said, actually. I think it was. Yeah. Um, but the idea is really simple. I've got one here, and boom, I take out this. Uh, this is a Corsair Neutron XT 240-gig SSD, and here it is. It comes with this, and it comes with one USB micro uh, 3.0 cable. That's pretty much it. And it's a, it's a tight fit. It only supports 7-millimeter drives. Absolutely. There's no flex in this. This is pretty sturdy metal. Um you put in even with this SSD, you got to push it in a little bit. Push it in there. It kind of looks like a uh, like a deck of cards or like a wallet, I guess. Uh, and attach your USB cable, and you've got one activity and um, you know status light on there. We tested this earlier today, just real quick on a UEFI. What did we get? Four sixty-five by four sixty or something like that. I thought it was yeah. High, yeah, four hundred sixty-five megabytes per second read, four hundred sixty megabytes per second write. Pretty much. Pretty close to what the rated specs are of the SSD. No, it's just USB tends to cap out at that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. USB three. The, the SSD native will do like five, you know, over five hundred, or the writes were like the writes were similar, but the that SSD could read quicker than it. Was. Yeah. So this is UASP. UASP is yep. in here for sure, um, and I think they're relatively inexpensive. Let me find uh, the shop here and make sure. Hey, it's probably going to be in euros. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I thought they were for sale on Amazon too. Um, let me look here. Amazon.com stock wood plop plop. Yeah, it, it, wood plop. The one the one that we have is actually called wood, wood plop. plop. I'm not I'm not even making that up. Um, oh, pure plop. I don't. It's the Amazon.german, Amazon.uk. Uh, so wood plop. So 24 euros. What's that translate into American dollars? Like forty bucks, less than that. Less than that, thirty-ish. Okay, 
Okay. All right. So there you go. And like I said, the, I mean, the conversion rate might not be completely yeah. accurate there. Um, but we'll, we'll have a short little news post on this uh, sometime later this week or early next week. Just basically with a couple of pictures and a couple of benchmarks. Um, but it's, it's sturdy enough. protects the drive. Like mm-hmm. if you want to throw this in your bag... Yeah. It's not going to be an issue. It'll be just fine. Yeah. It's not going to break like the one that we had with the lock on it. Yeah, we we had the plastic one, and that thing just broke like yeah. so quick. This has no moving parts. <laughs> yeah. So there there's you go. No just, hinge, there's just no hinge. Just like the SSD. The most fragile part is that damn micro USB 3.0 yeah, connector. But I mean, that one's, that one's kind of beefy. I mean, it's in there. It's fine. Just yeah. don't leave the cable attached when you right. throw it in your bag. Right. Yeah. That will always end poorly. poorly. That will always end poorly. Uh, Jeremy. Up next, I guess. Uh, I'm kind of cheating again this uh, week. I'm going with something that I'm in the midst of writing a review for. But that's the uh, Creative Sound Blaster Roar 2. Roar. Pretty much about the same as the same as the original Roar, except significantly smaller, which hmm. is kind of nice in a portable speaker. It's huh. pretty nice. Uh, it does NFC. It does Bluetooth. Uh, it does what most wireless speakers do nowadays, where it'll act as a speakerphone for your phone right it does have a built-in uh, recorder in it as well which you can record to the sd card uh so you don't have mm. to plug it into anything and one of my favorite features is that our good friend the skype call testing lady has found a new job is her voice on. <laughs> <laughs> nice oh I, I heard that voice. I'm like, wait a second. I've heard that a million and twelve so, times before. So this is a Bluetooth speaker. It uses NFC to pair. Yep. But it's Bluetooth. also but it's also a recorder. It is also a recorder. You can also stick it in. I haven't gotten this far yet, but you can stick it in via the USB to a computer. Yeah. And there's even a little graphic equalizer program you can download from Creative yeah, I saw to that play here. a little bit more. Okay. Uh, it's. They, they t- talk to it as if it's got five speakers. It doesn't. It has three. It's got two tweeters that are on their own amp, a subwoofer that's on its own separate amp, hmm. and these two sort of channel things, which you may recognize from various Bose products on TV and uh, stuff. Sure. It works. And you can even get a different sound depending on if you lay it down on its side or you stand it up on its front. Um, does it? When you plug bit- it into your PC, does it emulate an, a USB audio device? Huh. It shows up on your sound as a USB audio That's device. That's a really which, cool feature to have a Bluetooth speaker, actually. Isn't yeah. it? Huh. And, the, and it, the bastard will be charging the whole time, too. Does it, it's, does got it a DC, like, it's got a USB output, too, to like charge your phone. Uh, 6,000 <laughs> milliamp hours. Does, huh. it, does it work with that stuff like at the same time? Like it's plugged into your PC and like your phone? I'm going to have to get further on to do it. I haven't okay. actually plugged it into the PC to play with it yet. There's, like, there's a switch up here for USB audio or mass storage. Yeah, so that's the SD card. The, or so, uh, the, so you can just put an SD card in it and plug it Switches in, it to the SD and it card. looks like a mass storage device. Exactly. That's huh. weird. That's that's a right. lot of that's a lot of it's a lot of stuff. Now here comes a drawback. Okay, it's 170 bucks. Uh, well, yeah. so it is expensive. But for it is one, one of, of these. It is one of those Bluetooth wireless speakers yeah. that and probably sounds pretty good. So wait, wait it weighs it, a kilo. So it it's, has it's NFC. Just over two pounds. Like there are serious speakers in this. Does it? It doesn't actually transmit audio over NFC. No, though, it's right? just to pair. It's just to pair it, right? Yeah. That, that's how it communicates with the device to pair, so you don't have to like go through the Bluetooth pairing process. Uh, again, I've got to play with it because, okay. from what I sort of understand, tap it with your phone, and on the front is a button which goes between Bluetooth and phone. If I can 
aim that yeah, up, right? Yeah, I see it. So in theory, the NFC will do the whole speakerphone feature. No, I, well, I've got to play with it. I haven't got that far right, yet. We'll see. Yeah, but that's something I'm make sure if it works or not. Huh. All right. That's more. When I saw what it was on your list, that's more interesting than I expected it to be. I'm not going to lie. That was sort of my first impression I'm not, too. I'm not, not going to lie. Speaker, yeah. I'm not going to lie. Wait, um, that's actually kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, Alan. I guess that makes you next. So this is a standalone app that if you're one of those handy people that runs around with a thumb drive with a little Swiss knife kind of tools on it, uh, you should probably add this to your list. It's a GWX control <laughs> panel. Nice. So you fire this thing up, and it brings up, if you scroll down a little bit, you can get to what the like another page worth or so. Um, shows you what it pops up, at least in its present version. Uh, it checks the status of some stuff and sees, and, and this is for a person that does not want to install Windows 10. <laughs> Clearly. Okay, so you're on Windows 8, and you have the stupid little thing popping up from Microsoft, <laughs> and either you can research which knowledge base number corresponds to the hotfix that snuck that on your system, and by the way, there's three different ones, and stuff like that, or you can just get this, run it, you don't have to install this app, it just like runs, it does some checks, pops this window up lets you know the status of those things like is that app on your system is it trying to bug you is um windows update equipped to like change that splash page on windows update says get windows 10 now and all that other stuff right you basically just go through and hit some buttons and turn all that crap off so you're on the windows outsider program yeah (laughs) it basically turns it into the windows outsider program um i like it it's just real handy it just like does all that stuff for you and, you know, prevents that app from being able... If the app's on the system, like, I don't even think it bothers going through the trouble of uninstalling it because that's actually kind of cumbersome the way that um, Microsoft has set that app to take control of a specific directory mm-hmm. and such. It's just a... It's like they were really kind of backhanded the way they did it. Like, you can't manually... Hmm. You have to use the uh, control panel to remove that program from running. You cannot, like you know manually just like delete it from the system like it stops you Hmm. like there's just permissions and stuff that get changed Hmm. and everything yeah it's really annoying the way that they did it anyway this thing basically shuts all that crap off just makes it so that the program itself can't even run if it is on your system (laughs) all that you know all that kind of stuff so if you really want to stick it to microsoft ultimate outsider yep uh using gwx control panel formerly gwx stopper and, you know, for the few people out there that have Media Center PCs, that this thing pops up. The six up, of you, yeah. The six of us. So I, so just, I just put together a Media Center. I was counting already. I put together a oh. Media Center PC uh, and put Windows 8.1 on it and did the updates. And, like, it had Media Center, like, active and using a cable card tuner and everything. And the thing popped up, like, while I was watching some, you know, while I was using the app, that's that, less than ideal. Yeah, while I was using the app, that Windows 10 will c- completely obliterate and not support and remove from your system, and it just won't work. Right. Uh, like I don't even understand why that is a possibility. Like that should be one. The one check Microsoft did with this. It's like, don't bug them to install Windows 10 if like this is a cable card PC. They know Windows there's only like six of you. They're not going to spend <sighs> that much time on it. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. It just. Yeah, it just imagine how annoying that would be for the person that just doesn't know any better. Oh yeah, and they just go, "Oh, Windows 10, install," and then like, 
spend 87 hours troubleshooting yeah, whether like card you, doesn't work. And, and I mean, and what's worse is that the you would have to basically, like, probably do a reinstall to make all that stuff work again. Probably. And when you reinstall Media Center Edition, uh, you can, because of the DRM, you cannot access any of your recorded programs. Hmm. Oh, true. So if you had a Media Center PC oh, running really? for years, yeah. yeah. If you had a Media Center PC running for years and you had just, like, all your DVR stuff, because you can add whatever hard drive size you want to those, yeah. that's what's handy about them, right? right? You could have years worth of your programming just, like, obliterated by this automatic, like, prompt, hey, do you want to do this? Oh, Okay. And then just like wah, all your all your. What, if, what if you don't know? What if you go through the process and you install Windows 10 and it also keeps Media Center? It doesn't. What if it does? Have you done it? It doesn't do it, that. Yeah, yeah. There are upgrade your system. There are lots of uh, foreign people. I have it foreign. Yeah, it, they're gone. Foreign. That's what I heard too. There are lots foreign. of foreign yes, people. Yes, thank you so There are far There's... more foreign people than people in. There, there are lots of foreign people. This is also said. true on a general level, Sebastian. <laughs> I've done a lot of research about this, Jeremy. <laughs> You're in the minority. I, I, I was as surprised as anybody else. Damn it. <laughs> I mean, I, technically I, I for us, Jeremy is again. foreign. Yes. <gasps> not to me, I'm not. But to yeah. us. You guys all To are. the rest of us. Yeah. We're the majority. Yeah. We're all foreigners. We're the foreigners. <laughs> well, if you say that, I'll have to look up the program. Kicker, Jeremy. Sebastian. Hey, buddy, we'll build a wall. So, I had seen something on Twitter a couple days ago about somebody buying a Nexus player from a Target store for $25. Apparently, there's a bunch of reports coming in. Target is just fire selling these things to get rid of them. Uh, Best Buy is now selling them for $49. If you go to the Google Nexus site, they're still selling it for the full $99 price. But you can buy one of these Nexus players for $50 or less now, just about anywhere. And... If, if you're like me and are running a original uh, Roku 2 that's really freaking slow, hmm. this would be a nice upgrade for the same price as their new-gen Roku 1. Would Just you, a, would you choose quad- this over the new... Um, Apple TV? No. Uh, the, the Google one. The uh, 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 Chromecast. Well, I guess, so it's a it's different, different powerful thing. than the yeah. Chromecast. Okay. And it still gives you the option of hardwiring your internet connection, I believe. I would personally always want an Ethernet connection for streaming video, but oh, is there Ethernet on that? I don't think watch there is. doesn't have it. Okay, so I don't think it has it. Then I'm not sure what the advantage is other than unless, the faster SOC because they you don't might be able really to release a USB Ethernet adapter. Maybe because that's for power. USB is <laughs> probably for flashing it in case you need to. Nah. Flash from a computer. Nah. That's why they put those on those. It's a pretty sweet looking hockey puck though. But it, yeah, it's cool looking. Yeah. It's forty nine dollars. I don't know. I don't know. But now that I know it doesn't have wired Ethernet, I don't care as much. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! It's his anti of the week now. Uh, I don't know. Look, oh, look, look. There's an ad right up here for the Chromecast, right at the top of this Best Buy How page. How sneaky! How sneaky! Shop now. Okay, I would like to do that. Yeah, thank you. Um, all right, so that's going to be it for the show this week, guys. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, PCPro.com slash podcast is where you can find all of our back episodes, our RSS feeds for the MP3 downloads. Um, maybe we need to I need to get with Audible and Amazon see if we can offer a WhisperSync version of the podcast. Podcast? Right, you're watching it on YouTube. You're watching it on YouTube. Oh. Well, the okay. newsletter. Right, yeah. yeah the news we actually have somebody um, type all this out. Sure. And... Uh, 
Yeah, transcriptions are available usually within 48 hours of the podcast going up. Just um, email. It's yeah. actually four to six weeks. They're actually on Twitter. Just email speak at pcbrew.com. Yeah. Yes. Uh, also, uh, you can use the closed captions in YouTube and just record all that. Okay, I will uh, screen capture the closed <laughs> captions off YouTube. That becomes oh, be the transcription. Awesome. No problem. <laughs> yeah. Screen caps. I, so email like every me for a screencast frame. of uh, the podcast with the keyframes <laughs> are extra. <laughs> oh, that would be awful. Um, so pcpro.com slash podcast. And then obviously go to pcpro.com, read all the reviews and news and crap that we post there. Uh, all of our videos are at youtube.com slash pcpro. And again, if you want to hang out with us uh, when we record the show live, it's pcpro.com slash live. There you go. And if you're listening to this on a rerun, you will probably see a pretty important storage review go up. <laughs> okay. Just on that note. <laughs> All right. There's like... I mean, they've already announced a product. They did. But so, the review's coming. So we can't just say what it is? Okay, it's 950 Pro. Yeah. Okay. <gasps> yeah. The next SSD that will be coming out, we'll have a review. Um, so check that out if you haven't already, and then uh, we'll talk about it on next week's podcast. How about that? Sounds good. All right. That's it. I'm Ryan Stroud. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm he, Sebastian Peake. He wasn't ready. And I'm Alan Malmontano. I thought Alan was going. Yep. Well, you know, he wasn't we, ready. We mixed things up. Caught him off guard. Yeah. He was picking his nose. We wanted to get him on video. Yeah. It happens. Bye, guys. Bye. See ya. Bye.